Hello and welcome to a new episode of Cosmo Girl. It's been quite some time since the last one, but I'm back and just in time before the spirit of Halloween is fully gone and we're moving on to Christmas. This time of year is probably my favorite because I get to put up decorations and lay in bed all day enjoying all the fuzzy feelings, watching one romantic holiday movie after the other. And speaking of feelings, this episode is all about those feelings we get when we fall in or out of love. I'm gonna answer some big questions that tend to confuse us, like how to love and how not to love, what your love language actually means for your relationship, how to get over heartbreak, and most importantly, what love actually is. Whether you're single, in a relationship, or still in that it's complicated phase, this episode is for you because we all want to feel love and loved. It's a basic human need and one that most of us have no idea how to tackle. So I hope this episode brings you at least some type of insight. But first, let me give you a quick explanation on where I've been. So these last few months have been difficult for a bunch of reasons. Um, mostly my depression has taken a huge toll on me. I've struggled with my mental health for a while now, but this year especially due to stress in my family and in university and due to the entire world basically collapsing, I haven't really been able to go outside much and there have also been all kinds of other minor and major incidents that I'm probably gonna talk about in a different episode. but. I've decided that I can no longer let my depression control me. So I'm seeing a therapist, I'm starting to go outside more, I'm spending time with friends and family, I'm eating better, drinking more water, dressing up, making plans for the future and figuring out my love life. It's no secret that my love life has been, well, non-existent for a while now. And although in a previous episode I talked about wanting to take a break from dating, something that I'm still doing, I think it might be time to figure out what I actually want and need when I do end up starting to date again. So let's start by defining love. I feel like most of us don't even have an answer to the question, what is love? And since I've been thinking more about it recently and reading up on definitions, I think I finally found something that can make this whole thing clearer. When we think about love, we think of a feeling that for some reason we can't really define. We think about the words I love you and saying it for the first time and what it means to say it and why the heck it's so hard to say. Well here's why. We have no idea what love is, even when we say the words I love you. I remember the first time I said I love you and I can tell you I did not feel love. I felt attraction. The second person I said it to said it to me first and I was overwhelmed. I knew I didn't feel the same way and I doubted that he actually felt it but since I had no idea what love actually felt like and I didn't want to pull a Rory Gilmore, I said it back. The next day. I thought about it for a while and came to the conclusion that I did, in fact, love him back. Spoiler alert, it wasn't love. 
because what it actually was is called cathecting. I cathected him. Now I know that word sounds made up, but I promise it's real. If you've read All About Love by Bell Hooks, you know what I'm talking about. But if you haven't, let me break it down for you. To cathect means to invest emotion or feeling in an idea, an object, or another person. What we actually feel isn't love, it's cathexis. Love is actually not a feeling at all. When you think about feeling angry, you know what that feels like. When you think about feeling sad, you know what that feels like. When you're happy, you know you're feeling happy. And when you're cathecting, you know that you're cathecting because you know that you feel something for them. You know that you like them more than your friends. So really, we all should be saying, I cathect you, instead of I love you. This becomes even more obvious when I'll explain in a second what love is and isn't. But I know that people aren't gonna start saying I cathect you instead of I love you because it's, it sounds weird. But before you use these words next time, I want you to remember what I'm about to say. Okay, so what is love? Love is a verb. It's an action. It's something we do, not something we feel. And to quote Bell Hooks, to truly love, we must learn to mix various ingredients, care, affection, recognition, respect, commitment, and trust, as well as honest and open communication. End of quote. Now, doesn't that seem like something we all seek in relationships? When I started thinking about what I want in a relationship, I used most of these words to describe my ideal partner. Obviously, I also used some silly words like humor and connection and whatever. But these words Hooks uses are a pretty good description of what it means to love. Since we confuse cathecting for loving someone, love can also go hand in hand with negative feelings and abuse. At least when we think about love as a feeling. Even though we have this glamorized idea of what love is, we excuse abuse because we think love is present. And when we use the words I cathect you, instead of I love you, we can see how that feeling of affecting someone and not treating them well can go hand in hand. We can feel strongly about someone and still abuse them. We can know that someone feels strongly about us and still abuses us. So sure, feelings and abuse can coexist, but love and abuse can't. By defining love as an action of care, nurturance, affection and respect instead of as the feeling of cathexis that can coexist with abuse, we realize that love is a positive action. To make this even simpler, think about self-love. What is self-love if not caring about and nurturing yourself? Self-love is treating yourself with respect and being honest about the things you need and don't need in your life. We have this understanding that loving ourselves means all these positive great things and that Treating ourselves poorly or hating on some physical features we don't like is not love. We know that loving ourselves can never go along with abusing ourselves. And in her book, Hooks also writes, When we understand love as the will to nurture our own and another's spiritual growth, it becomes clear that we cannot claim to love if we are hurtful and abusive. Love and abuse cannot coexist. 
abuse and neglect are, by definition, the opposites of nurturance and care. End of that quote. I think because we've put the feeling love on such a high pedestal, we don't want to let go our past definitions of love because we risk realizing that we aren't always loved by the people we want or expect to be loved by. Earlier I said that love is a basic human need and by Hooke's definition of love it becomes even more important to me to be loved. But cathexis, that actual feeling that can coexist with abuse, is not something we need, but something we want. I love my friends because I care about them, I respect them, I nurture them and I openly and honestly communicate with them. And I can admit that some people in my family don't love me, but I also know that I don't love them. It's actually a relief finally knowing that not loving someone in your family that society tells us we must love by the dumb definition that love is a feeling. Not loving them isn't actually that bad. If you have a family member who treats you badly, why would you love them, aka treat them positively? If you have a family member who lives far away and you never see them, why and how could you love them just because they're family? Sure, you affect them, but love is something the other person feels and knows. They feel cared for, respected. They know you're communicating honestly with them and so on. And all that made me think about why we fight with our partners and not as much with our friends. And why we think it's so normal to fight with our partners. However, seeing love as an action made me realize that loving is hard. And while we usually always connect our partners, we don't always love them. And that's okay. If we have a partner, we need to know that love is necessary in a relationship, even more than just having those feelings of cathexis for them, but you don't have to actively love them 24-7. I was wondering how some people would say that Sometimes love is not enough, and now that I know they actually meant cathexis is not enough, having strong feelings is not enough, it makes sense that we need the action that is love to want to stay in a relationship. We have to actively love someone, care about them, respect them, and not just cathect them. That's also why knowing your and Your partner's love language is so important. We need to know how we can show that we care and how, how our partners show that they care as well. If you're sitting there now thinking, holy shit, there's a lot of info and oh no, I don't think my family loves me. I just need you to know that all of this wasn't a realization I just had overnight. It has taken me months of reading and rereading that book and thinking and overthinking to figure out that I too have people in my life that only cathect me and there's no actual love there. But what I'll also say is that since knowing all this, I've actively tried to love friends and family members more who are physically close to me. Because when we love someone, they tend to try to love us back. Okay, so now we know what love is, we can have a better understanding of what we can actually do to love someone. And when we know our partner's 
friends or family members' love language, we can easily find ways to express our love for them. If you don't already know your love language, I will leave the link to the test in the description. But if you do, congratulations, you are one step closer to being loved. I've actually taken the test a few times. Um, last time was in April and I found out that my love language still is the same. Um, but it does have a bit of a different priority to me now. So when you take the test, you will not only see what your love language is, but also in what order the love languages are and also kind of the ranking. Because you get 30 questions and depending on how many questions you ans answered according to a specific love language, that ranking will be written next to the love language. So, as most of us know, there are five love languages, words of affirmation, physical touch, quality time, receiving gifts, and acts of service. Now, like I said, the order in which the love languages are important to me hasn't changed. My first love language is still quality time, and the second one is still words of affirmation. However, those two have apparently become more important to me since I've last been interested in someone, which was at the time I took the test before I took it in April. And physical touch, which is my third, and acts of service, which is my fourth love language on the list, have dropped as a priority. Receiving gifts still remained with one point because I just don't give a fuck about getting gifts and I haven't for years. But it's interesting that after having been interested in two people last year who wouldn't spend as much or even any time with me, that quality time has gotten more important to me. And I can also see it reflected with my friends and family because, like I said, I've been trying to spend a lot more time with them because it's really important for my mental health. So while in my love life I've gotten extremely disappointed over and over again and not received the love I need basically at all, my friends and I have really been thriving and therefore I probably also didn't want to date because I already got love from friends and I knew it wasn't necessary for me to get love from a partner. And also all those times when I was about to decide to start again because yes, that happened a lot. Those times were also times when I felt more alone and lonely. Lonely because my friends didn't have as much time. Or I was seeing other people post pictures and videos showing that they were spending quality time together with their partners. I would actually really like to know what my family members and friends love languages are. I mean, I do know some of them and I've tried to express my love in their love language, but obviously now that we've established how important it is to know how to love the people closest to you as well as expressing how you need to be loved, it could be very interesting to know what my parents' love languages are and also my stepmoms and my sisters because they are the family closest to me. Okay, so now that we know what love is and isn't, and hopefully have learned a little bit more about how to express our love and which love we should express to make others feel loved, it's time to talk about heartbreak. 
that terrible feeling, yes, another feeling most of us sadly know, that we get when someone doesn't love or protect us in the way we need them to. There are many different tiny reasons as to why someone might as want us, but all of them hurt like shit. Some people listening might be heartbroken because they had to call it off with someone and others might be because someone called it off with them. But all heartbreak is valid. You spend time with them, you got your hopes up, and now that they're gone for whatever reason they are, you have to deal with it. We tend to get caught up by the idea of closure and knowing exactly what we did wrong or could have done right or different to keep that person in our lives. We don't want to let go because we want to keep hoping that after all, they do have feelings for us or they can actually change their mind or entire personality to fit our expectations. But the truth is, a lot of the time, they don't come back. Or we know that we shouldn't take them back. Whatever your situation is with that person. Or people, if you're into polyamorous relationships. We experience heartbreak so strongly and we don't know what to do to get out of it. Some people sleep with new people or get into a new relationship. Others try to distract themselves by throwing themselves into work or partying. And my personal favorite is crying until I cannot cry anymore and wallowing whilst I watch Gilmore Girls for the billionth time. We tell ourselves that it takes time to get over them. And it does. But as soon as we see them again, the feelings and especially the pain comes rolling right back in. So how do we fix this? How do we stop having feelings for them? Before this episode, I would have asked, how do we stop loving them? But now I also have to add, how do we stop cathecting? And well, it's not easy, but I hope I can give you a few tips on how to make it easier. The best one, I think, is actually distraction. Why? Because when we don't think about them, we don't think about them. It gives our soul some time to relax and focus on different things. And speaking of focus, you need to shift it. Stop focusing on loving them and cathecting them. Focus on your other non-romantic relationships. It's easier to shift the love you've been giving instead of completely stopping to give love. Knowing your friends and family's love languages makes this a lot easier, like I said. But generally, spending time with friends and family and expressing your love to them will make it easier for you because you still get to express all that love you want to give someone whilst at the same time nurturing your other relationships that you probably somewhat neglected whilst being caught up with that other person. And like I said, they tend to express love back to you so you will still be loved even if it's in a different language. Another tip has also to do with love and it's open and honest communication. You've shifted your love language, now you have to let it all out. Write it down, talk to friends or therapists or some random person on Tumblr. Writing down your thoughts and feelings helps so much and it doesn't even have to be all poetic. You can literally just write down 
Today I feel like shit. I wanna punch that person in their face. The most important thing is that you communicate honestly and without regrets. All of your feelings and all of your thoughts are valid. If you think that something they did was awful and it hurt your feelings, write it down. And even if you know you did something to hurt them back that in hindsight maybe wasn't the greatest idea, write that down too or talk to someone about it. This is not about figuring out who hurt who more, but simply about clearing your head and starting to let go of resentment and anger that of course you would love to dump on that person. When you communicate openly and honestly, it stops you from overthinking about what ifs and could haves and it allows you to reflect on what you had. Writing it down is also a great reminder not to jump back into something with a person who's hurt you badly because you have a physical reminder of how you, they made you feel. I know that some people have been feeling lonely right, lately and therefore have been jumping back into things that they probably shouldn't have. But just write it all down, distract yourself, shift your love and you can get over them. And my last tip for today about heartbreak is to love yourself. If you don't want to shift your love towards someone else, shift it to yourself. Take care of yourself. Nurture your body and your mind. Be respectful towards yourself. Compliment yourself. And I promise, after a while you will feel better. Heartbreak does go away. And all those annoying, affecting feelings will too. It just takes time. But the sooner you deal with your heartbreak and stop pretending it's not there, the sooner you'll get over it. Okay, so finally for this episode, let's talk about something fun. Let's talk about Halloween and witchcraft. I threw a small Halloween party on Saturday with five of my closest friends. Yes, only five, because that's all our government allowed us to. And considering that my neighbor is a cop, I didn't want to risk getting into trouble for inviting more than those five people. But still, we had a great time and although I think we made enough noise for people to think there were, there were more than six people total partying, no one complained and we had a great night. We danced, played drinking games and got drunk enough to basically serenade my entire neighborhood. But I am so glad I had this party no matter how tiny it was and I am so grateful for my friends who actually all dressed up for the occasion and let me tell you we all looked good i'm pretty sure i'm gonna throw another party next year and hopefully a bigger one but until then i'm gonna focus on something i've been wanting to get into for a while now and that is witchcraft not the kind we see on tv where things are floating around and People are getting makeovers with a snap of a finger or getting killed with a wand. Um, I'm talking about real witchcraft, non-religious, non-dangerous witchcraft. Not the kind your parents tell you about, okay? Just I know that a lot of people have no idea which, what witchcraft actually is in real life. So to give a short explanation, it basically is manifesting things, as in using the law of attraction, 
what's also using specific sentences that you would call a spell and usually using some physical object, objects to bind those spells with. People who call themselves witches today are not the way a lot of religious people think. They don't worship the devil, okay? Basically, it's this is not the chilling adventures of Sabrina. Now, since I'm new to this, I think I'm firstly gonna try to manifest some stuff and then get more and more witchy as time goes on. I really want to use the law of attraction more because I know it could do some crazy shit for me. So for now, I think I just want to get used to manifesting and using the energy around me. And soon I will bring objects into it, like crystals and whatnot. And because I'm feeling extra witchy after Halloween and extra lonely before Christmas, I think we could all try some manifesting to spice up our love lives. This is not getting full-on witchy just yet, but if you believe in crystals, manifesting and stuff, then I think learning about witchcraft might be the right thing for you. So I've thought about manifesting a relationship. Not a specific partner because I don't want to mess with someone's life and manifest them. Even though I've seen a lot of Instagram hardies lately. And also, oh my god, there are so many beautiful women on TikTok. I cannot believe it. But I don't want to manifest a specific partner. But I do want to manifest some positive, loving and cathecting energy around me. So that I become more open to people who are also open to love and cathexis. I'm not gonna do a love spell right now. I would if this were a YouTube channel, but it's not. Um, and instead, I want you to manifest something. Simply manifesting, no witchiness. Don't worry, you're not gonna go to hell for manifesting something. If you're single and you want a relationship, manifest a relationship. If you're in one, but you now feel that there might be something missing from it, whether it's the love you're giving or the one you're receiving, manifest what you're missing. Or if you are newly single and you want to get over heartbreak, manifest whatever you need. Not who you need, but what you need. Think about what you are lacking either in a relationship with yourself or with a partner. Manifesting isn't about unwishing something. You can't wish for your partner to be less of something, but more of the opposite. You can't wish for your heartbreak to go away, but for luck or positive feelings to arrive. Basically, you need to manifest something positive to replace the negative, instead of manifesting the negative to simply go away. Build a specific sentence and even maybe time frame and make it realistic. If you want to find someone, manifest the energy of someone with some qualities that are important to you. I would manifest open and loving communication with a new person or for someone in search for romance to find my way. It doesn't ha even have to be super specific, but it also shouldn't be completely vague. Use one or two sentences max and visualize the reality you want. Wow, I just quoted another Gilmore Girls character. And whatever. 
the last thing you have to do is be open to it and don't give up. Repeat your manifestations every single day and you might get what you want sooner than you actually realize. And sometimes you might already have what you want, you're just not open enough to receive it. But that is all for today. I know it's been a little heavy, but I hope you took something away from it and are a better lover for yourself and for others. Until next time, bye! I just had a voice crack like a 50 year old boy.